Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week we are having a special episode. This week we are doing a dual release with Danielle over at Strong and Unfiltered. So Danielle and Ashley are going to sit down. They're going to discuss all things sustainability as it relates to your health and fitness. How do you navigate your health and fitness journey? How do you create sustainable habits that will last a lifetime? And how do you ensure that you can have that consistency that's needed to move you towards your health and fitness goals? There's going to be a lot of stuff in this podcast, guys, a ton of value. So make sure you're taking notes, you listen to it twice, do whatever it takes to take something out of this message today and apply it to your health and fitness journey. But without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. We have a special episode this week. It is a, it's going to be dual release. So this is episode 31 of Strong and Unfiltered and episode 58 of Ballistic Performance Radio. And I have my good friend, Ashley Broderick here with me from Ballistic Performance. Hello everyone. (laughs) Hey. Hey to everybody on your side. Um, So Ashley and I have been talking a lot recently about the sustainability of health. So we're going to chat a lot about that today. And I'm sure there'll be some side tangents and I don't know, maybe (laughs) some dog talk and who knows what else will happen. Most likely. (laughs) Yeah. So for those of you who don't know Ashley and haven't listened to her previous episodes, she was on episode four about my nutrition journey. Uh, So go back and listen to that because she drops a lot of nuggets there. And and we kind of talk about how we both have a have arrived at the points that we're at and then she was also on I don't know what episode number it was but we talked about who's really in your corner uh just relation to how the importance of relationships and having people who you can really count on and what the difference is and how you tell and the things that we've kind of gone through in the past couple of years with with relationships yeah I think it was episode 14 you're I was gonna say you're better than I am I <laughs> How much have you been on our podcast two times too? Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I was 22 and 44 and I only remember that because it's, it's a double number. Yeah. Look at you. (laughs) It's stupid easy math. (laughs) Yeah. True. I don't know. Derek and uh, Marcus are probably going to listen to this and go, my God, I hope they're not doing math. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Never. We will never do an episode on math. But I have to, I have to say this just for mostly just for Derek and Marcus that we are twinsies right now. Yes. And I love it. (laughs) I could cry from excitement. It's fine. (laughs) I'm sure Derek and Marcus are both like rolling their eyes so hard and I love it so much. Oh, for sure. I literally almost put my hair up when I saw you on the screen so that we could legit be twins. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a hot mess. I I have not showered for my long run yet. And so my hair is definitely still wet from sweat. And it's fine. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's fine. The only people who can, well, the only beings that can smell me are the dogs. And I think they're socially distanced currently. So, you know, <laughs> they're like, That's fuck so that. Funny. Yeah, they're out. I know. <laughs> so we wanted to chat today. I texted Ash, I don't know, like last week or the week before. And I was like, you know, people just have so much damn trouble sticking to healthy habits. Mm -hmm. And I, for me, and I don't mean this to sound in a like 
I don't know what word I'm looking for, but any certain way I grew up lifting weights mm-hmm. and being and in gymnastics and playing sports. And so being active and being healthy, it was kind of just brought up with me. Mm-hmm. So I've I've not, I am not someone who has ever struggled to implement something healthy. I don't know like what your background is with that. Yeah, I think mine's a little different. So I did grow up as an athlete. I was playing sports since I was three years old. So physical activity wise, that was always a part of my life, but nutrition wise, definitely not. Uh, My house was known for like the snack house and I had a cupboard that was so big you could climb into and you could find Oreos, chips, like anything you want to think of, you could find in it. Um, And it didn't really, my like, I don't want to say my nutrition shift didn't really happen until I met Derek. Um, But yeah, so that's that definitely was not in my life from the beginning. Yeah, I remember you saying that on one of your guys' episodes, and I was like, that was me. Like, I would eat. Like, I don't know if you have listened to this or heard me say this before. My lunch would be, like, a jelly sandwich with the crust <laughs> cut off because I hated the crust on the bread. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. I was such an odd child with a Three Musketeers bar, a fudge round, and, like, I would eat none of the healthy stuff my mother gave me. Like, bless her soul. Oh, yeah. I would uh, trade my peanut butter sandwich for a Twix bar. A (laughs) Twix bar. Like, every day. Literally, my stomach hurts thinking about it right now. (laughs) My face is, like, turning red because I can't believe I just said that out loud. (laughs) I'm dying laughing at, like, the thought of remembering about trading food at lunch it was the best like you would do it with your crush too it was it was an awesome time (laughs) oh my god (laughs) yeah so we were definitely not the pillars of nutrition health Mm -hmm. like I know like at least for me until my mom got sick like she would cook home cooked meals and stuff and we would have salads and you know whatever but I I don't think it was as much of a focus as, you know, if I had a, if we had a kid or if you and Derek had children right now, Mm -hmm. um, like how we would be with our kids disclaimer, still not ever having children. People don't get your hopes up. I'm having it for both of us. (laughs) I know. I'm just like, no, ain't nothing coming. No. Anyway, sidebar, sidebar number one. Um, so I think that's like a really important point though, is that I think one of the things that leads people to struggle is they don't examine the beliefs and the environment and what their family taught them either implicitly or explicitly around food when they were children. So if we don't ever like bring that to awareness, we can't ever say, well, this might be a problem for me, or I, you know what, I don't really eat healthy and I think I need to change this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think when it comes to food or exercise, you have to talk about what your how you were brought up, what your family taught you, what your friends taught you. Um, I think that's super important. Yeah, and I, th- I think that that's with everything. Like I can say, so ever since I reconnected with one of my mom's sisters recently, and she's enlightened me about um, a lot of things. And you know, I didn't always have the best financial habits. And I think that that came from my father. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So the things that we learn about everything from the environment that we grew up in, everybody wants to blame everything on genetics. And I'm like, hold the phone, Susan. Like, <laughs> what, like, what did you learn about that? So I think, I think that's a really important place for people to start. And I know that a lot of dietitians like Laura Ligos, the sassy dietitian always talks about like journaling around food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that would be a really good place for people to start before they even try to implement any changes. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't understand where we're coming from, we can't really set a road to where we're going to be successful. Absolutely. I think I was talking about this with one of my clients yesterday. I love when some of my clients also work with a therapist because I think a lot of that is out of like a nutrition coach's scope and really diving into what you grew up with and what your beliefs are is so important. And I think journaling can be extremely helpful, but sometimes like it, it, there's more that needs to be done too. I agree with you 100%. And I know, again, Laura Ligo, she she gets a lot of shout outs on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's so great, though. Um, and she was on episode something or other also. So Google the sassy dietitian on the podcast and you'll find her. But um, she talks about the importance of or like she really likes when her clients also work with a therapist because there is just so much enmeshed in mm-hmm. food and body image and everything like it is. I put up a post a little while ago about this. Like it is never just about the food. Yeah, no, it, it really never is. So I think that might also be, you know, kind of a point to make where, you know, figuring out what nutrition and health is about for you and what it really means and kind of taking a deeper dive about that to, again, even before you really start to implement changes. So you understand where you are and where you want to go. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we did an episode, I think last week or two weeks ago now that it, it can be different with what season of life you're in. So looking at like what goals you have and then relating it back to how you grew up, that might be different depending on where you're at right now yeah being okay with like it possibly changing if that makes sense yeah I mean I just especially like you and I we can say like our goals I don't think are the same as when you and I met a couple years ago (gasps) no (laughs) (laughs) no not at all (laughs) yeah so Ashley and I met when I was in like the throes of my like disordered eating behaviors. I did not, I don't think I would call it an eating disorder, but I definitely had disordered behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I wasn't anorexic. I wasn't bulimic, but you know, orthorexia, if you want to label it as something, it would definitely lean towards that. And, you know, we were just really super, so hyper-focused on aesthetics that I don't, that we thought we were thinking about our health, at least for me, Mm -hmm. but in my case, it was such a cover up like, oh, well, I'm just being healthy. Yeah. And it's like, no, Danielle, like you need to get real about what you're doing. Like come to Jesus here. <laughs> like I had several come to Jesus moments. Yeah, no. And I think back then my goal was strictly performance. Like I didn't care about anything else. And 
with like you'll hear if you have listened to any episodes like about my back injury I finally came to terms with like no that's performance is not worth hurting myself (laughs) yeah and for me it was you know I started to realize that what I was doing was the opposite of healthy because I was so extreme and I think a lot of people can probably relate to this that I got to such an extreme that it was actually the stress of the stress of trying to be healthy was stressing me out and it was actually harmful to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's common. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we kind of skipped over the first point that you and I both thought was super important. And this is also stolen from Laura Lagos. <laughs> she says it all the time. She says it about nutrition. So we, we, we flopped it a little bit. Health is simple, not easy. What do you think when you hear that? I think it it can be made simple. But like you said, it's it's not necessarily easy because no change is easy. What about you? Yeah, no, I agree with that 100% because I've I look at the nutrition and diet industry and how complicated they make it look with supplements and fat burners and, you know, all that crap that Derek and I talked about on episode six, that it makes people very confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I understand why patients come into my office and they don't want to believe me that they need to eat more than 1200 calories. So that's when I log on to my computer and I Google the caloric intake of a toddler and I'm like, spin, can yeah. you read that sentence for me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, and I part part of eating, if we want to take eating as the as a portion of health and food, is that it is it has so many different values in our society, and food isn't even like food anymore. It's food like product, mm-hmm. and it's highly palatable. And sugar is addictive. The same areas in your brain light up on an fMRI when you eat sugar as you people when they do cocaine. Mm-hmm. Like this is a real thing, people. I am. Google it, find it. It's, it's out there, (laughs) you know? So it is hard and I empathize with that. I also think that the way that you start to make it easy is by making small manageable chunk changes. Absolutely. I think it's all about making things as small and as easy for yourself as possible and then once you continue with those habits you start to build on from there mm-hmm. um i think the other thing too with nutrition being made simple is you don't have to follow these insane recipes like i i think new eating whole nutrient dense foods focusing on your fruit and veggie intake it can be made that simple. And I think the more that you prepare yourself, whether that's a full-on meal prep or just making sure that you have foods in your house, I think the more likely and the easier it's going to make it for you. Yeah, for sure. I I agree with that 100%. I think the number one way that I see people 
not succeed at first with any type of difference that they're trying to make with their nutrition or lifestyle is they try to do everything all at once. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we are not creatures that our peanut brains can handle. I know we're very far evolved, but <laughs> <laughs> our brains are like, no, this is too much. I'm going to quit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I was telling you this before we started recording. I see this all the time. Someone comes to me and they're taking right around, let's say, 3,000, 4,000 steps a day. They're not like exercising at all. They're eating out five to six times per week, eating maybe 100 grams of veggies per day, like with one meal. And then they come to me and they're like, okay, I want to, like, I've, I've read this. I'm going to hit 10,000 steps every day. I'm going to eat fruit and veggies with every single meal. I'm going to work out four to five days per week. And they wanted, and I'm going to stop eating out altogether, like never again eating out. And that you will not sustain that. Like that is mm-hmm. overload. You might be able to do it for one week maybe two if you have a lot of discipline but that it's just not sustainable because you did everything at once yeah and I think that's where some of these nutrition programs out there and nutrition coaches do it wrong because it's like here's what we do and this is what you're going to do Mm -hmm. and you guys are not like that at all where you don't say okay here's some macros hit them see you later Mm -hmm. um you know, and some people maybe it, you know, when I worked at with you, like I had, I was so experienced that that's pretty much how yeah. we started. You know, it wasn't like, okay, you need to hit your vegetables. You need to. The embarrassing <laughs> part is we did, like, I tried starting you there. And after <laughs> one week, it was like, no, no, we like this we is a joke. Yeah. We don't need this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so when I think that is also like where, clients or patients are, you know, failing or struggling. It's like, well, what's the nutrition coach or the dietitian doing as well? You know, are they, are they setting you up for failure? Mm-hmm. You know, if you are someone who Ashley described as you're maybe taking two to 3000 steps a day, you're eating out all the time. You're, you're drinking a lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. You're not getting your water. And like, we're not here to shame you about those things. Like everybody starts at a different point and I don't give a fuck where you start. It's what matters is that you start. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, but you need to work with someone who is going to meet you where you are and say, like, take a really honest inventory of your life. And if you are taking two to 3000 steps, maybe you aim for 5000 steps and you eat out three times that week and you drink 60 ounces of water instead of the 30, you know, anything more than that. I feel like it's too much. Absolutely. And I think finding a coach or anyone that you're working with that is open and honest with you from the from the start, if they're telling you like what I what we described beforehand, like, okay, you're going to hit 10,000 steps, you aren't going to eat out ever again. Run, like run away really, really fast. Hang up the phone. Um, I think, like we said, a few minutes ago you have to make small manageable steps that yes like it's still going to be different so it still might feel like a challenge 
but it feels doable. That's the thing that I always ask my clients. Like when we make new goals, it's like, is this doable? And if I hear any hesitation, like, "Mm, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm like, why, why did you hesitate? Like, (laughs) can we do this? And if not, the worst, like, let's say you steps, for example, if they hesitate at taking 6,000 steps, the worst thing is we go for 5,000 this week, you hit 5,000, and then we go for 6,000 next week or the week after. Um, It's not about we have to do all of these things as soon as possible, because we all know it's sometimes most of the time slower the better or the more sustainable yeah Yeah, for sure and I also feel like when things are doable it doesn't feel resistant or like you're punishing yourself like you Mm -hmm. can't when you are treating yourself like the parent to do these things and perform a certain way it feels like punishment and then we start shaming ourselves when we don't do them or we have resistance to actually doing them So also creating that mindset of, okay, this is doable and I want, I want to do this. So sorry. UPS (laughs) is here. Coda doesn't, he acts tough. He'd lick anyone. (laughs) And I want to do this because I actually want to do this and not because I'm punishing myself for X, Y, or Z reason. Like the psychology behind that is real. Absolutely. And kind of going into that. So sorry about Coda. (laughs) Going into that more, I think it was James Clear I was reading this from, but trying to figure out a way to bring like the excitement and the rewards into the present and also bringing kind of some sort of consequence into the present can also be extremely helpful. Um when you are implementing a sustainable habit. Hmm. Yeah. I, I just think we need to stop punishing ourselves. I think it's so much more. I don't know if you see it with your clients. I hear it in my patients in the way they talk all the time. Well, I was bad and I cheated mm-hmm. and I'm like, it literally, I said this on another podcast and I can't remember which one I was like, I need a sign in my office that says bang head here because <laughs> it, it hurts my soul when people say that. I'm just like, you're, and I point it out to people also. I'm like, do you realize that you're associating morality with the food that you eat? Like if you're yeah. a good person. Yeah. And people, it, the people are like, what? Mm-hmm. And typically it's like one day or one meal. And like, I th- think it was, I don't even know who we we're talking to, but Derek used this um, explanation yesterday. He's like, if you have a calendar, and five days out of the calendar, there's like an X for you not hitting your goals. Well, the other 25 days are check marks. Think of that in a year, in two years. Like that's huge. Though That one day, that one meal, that one workout, it is not, it should not define who you are and your success. Yeah. yeah and over identifying with, I hear so many people like, I was that person too, where I was just like, yeah, I count macros and this and that people come into me and they're like, I do keto. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it just, it, it makes me just go over the edge. And 
I pick up on things I know about like disordered behaviors and thoughts and stuff way faster than probably a lot of my colleagues do. And I, I think some of my patients probably think I'm a lunatic for being like, tell me more about your eating habits and tell me, you know, it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, to get back to your point of the calendar, you know, you're exactly right. Like, why do we pay attention to, why do we give ourselves more credit for our failures and our accomplishments? Why do we give ourselves and pay attention more to the compliments or I'm sorry, the, uh, the criticisms or the negative things that people say to us and disregard the compliments and minimize them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, those are things that I think on a whole, when, if you look at those things and we address them, it does go into the sustainability of health long-term. Absolutely. And I think we talked a little bit about this before we were recording. I think that comes back to a lot of who you're surrounded by. If you're yeah. surrounded with people that are constantly talking about the negative and then it's going to be very hard for you to change your mindset and look at the positives. Yeah, I think, you know, your environment and how you set yourself up for success has, there's a lot of different things that we could go into with that, but the the biggest one I think are, are the people that you surround yourself with. And again, this goes for, this goes for health in any way, shape or form, whether it's exercising, how you eat, um, your relationships, your financial health, um, who you surround yourself with matters in that because you really do become the five people that you either surround yourself with the most or talk to the most, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. I, cannot tell you how difficult it is working with individuals that don't have a good support system like yeah. it's because you feed off of each other if if you don't have anyone in your life that is supportive of your new health and fitness goals mm -hmm. it can be so so much harder yeah, I think, I mean, the most obvious example of this is when somebody's significant other isn't on board mm -hmm. and there are varying levels of this as to where like people are hiding it from their significant others or their significant other is drinking a lot, like likes to go out for beers or drinks or, yeah. or whatever, or they just don't want to give up their McDonald's habit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there, there are varying levels of this. And I think, you know, cause I got a couple of questions on this and I think when I started to think about it in terms of individuals who, you know, may not be able, their, their significant other is really averse to their weighing and measuring of food. Like it doesn't have to be about the food scale mm -hmm. to be healthy. So my first step in that would probably be to say, well, let's just start building healthier meals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And let's, you know, make sure we're eating a fruit or a vegetable with every meal and a healthy source of protein and some starch and a healthy fat. I literally, for my patients, will draw like a really ghetto plate, plate method <laughs> on a piece of paper. And it's really ghetto, but I'm like, you get the point. Yeah. And so I think that if you can try to get your significant other on board just with that, I think that that is, I think that's a really good start. Yeah. And I think 
the more you genuinely talk about your goals and why you have those goals, people are more likely to support you. If they're not, then like it hurts my heart. Yeah. But if you, I, I personally, I remember when I did start changing my nutritional habits and I went home for the first time, I felt so uncomfortable. Like I didn't know how my family would handle it. And my nutrition coach at the time just recommended have that open and honest conversation with them. Tell them why like you changed your nutrition habits. And it was mind blowing how my family responded to when I had that conversation. Like, yeah, they're going to support me. And so I think it's just important to talk about it. Yeah. And I think the alcohol thing is hard. Like if you Mm -hmm. have a significant other who likes to, likes to booze, um, I, I can see how that would be really hard. Like I live with someone who like, it is rare that Marcus and I drink like, yeah. Yeah. Same with Derek and I, I had two glasses of wine over at my friend Janine's the other night, two nights ago. (laughs) And that was, I think the first alcohol I had in two months. I was going to say, I'd literally be drunk. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Um, I I came home and Marcus, Marcus was like, you smell like a vodka distillery. (laughs) And I was like, I had two glasses of wine over like three hours. Yeah. Like, That's funny. But no, I think, honestly, the only thing that I can think of is, again, having that conversation with them and not necessarily being like, hey, can you stop drinking? Because Mm -hmm. they probably don't, they may not have the same goals as you if they aren't on board with you changing your nutrition habits anyway. But talking about why you might not want to drink and still like make a mocktail drink out of Mm -hmm. a wine class put soda water put some fruit in it make it all fancy like you can still make the experience because I think it really does come down to the event or making the situation special uh now I don't know if it is every single day but I think that's what it comes down to a lot of the time so there's ways to still do that without you necessarily drinking alcohol or drinking more than you would actually like. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I I mean, the other thing as a medical provider, I sit back and I'm like, how much are they drinking? Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think that alcohol is my friend Cassidy um, talked about this on episode 12, just about how alcohol is so normalized in our society. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's dangerous. Um, it causes problems. You can die from withdrawal. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, anybody out there with a significant other who drinks sometimes isn't, you know, going to die <laughs> yeah. from like, I'm, but I also think having an honest look at if they're drinking every day, that's a definition of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, that literally meets criteria. Like if, and I also think if you are someone who comes home and you feel like you need to have a drink to unwind, there's something that you're not addressing in your life. And so I, I also have an emotional concern for anybody significant other, if that fits the bill, I don't know in this situation, Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, um, if, if that's going on, but I would have a lot of concern for, is there something else going on with that individual emotionally? Like, are they trying to repress something? Are they trying to disengage? Like alcohol's a drug, you know? Um, so 
if that fits the bill, I think having that conversation is a lot more fucking difficult. And I, Mm -hmm. if that is the situation, I do not envy that. Um, I have that conversation with patients a lot. I just had it the other day with a young girl old enough to drink, consume alcohol, but a couple drinks a day. Um, and I'm like, listen, this is, this is a, this is a problem. And she's really, you know, depressed, anxious. So like alcohol is not doing her any favors with her mood stabilization. Right. Um, I was like, I really want you, I said, I'm not telling you what to do with your alcohol consumption. I am telling you that it sounds like it's a problem. And I would urge you to stop and think before you take your next drink and see how you feel and see what's going on for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I, I hear that so often when I talk with people is, well, I feel like, like I have, I have a three-year-old, I have a full-time job. Like I need my wine at the end of the night. And it's like, no 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 yes if you're saying i need and insert your drug like whether it's pot or alcohol Mm -hmm. or you know i would think that anyone listening to this wouldn't be doing hard drugs but (laughs) you never know yeah um you know if you're inserting the word need now i'm not saying once in a while when you come home and it's been a shitty week and friday you're like you know what i just really need to have a glass of wine and unwind like Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying that I've never like sat back and had a beer or like used alcohol to like wind down a little bit. Yeah. But when we're doing it daily, there's, there's just, there's something there. Um, so, and again, I don't know what, what this individual's circumstances, I'm just kind of, it also, you know, going off the cuff, but alcohol is another thing that can really mess with sustainability of health too. Cause <laughs> alcohol, I mean, alcohol causes a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, really, I think taking a look at your alcohol consumption is something that's not talked about a lot. Absolutely. I think with our cho- decision making, like it obviously affects that. And then just the way that our body uses it and processes it, like it's it's definitely something to take a look at if you are consuming it daily or uh frequently yeah and if you if you have health goals and you want you want to be healthy or even if you know if you have aesthetic goals alcohol is going to be it's got to be minimized yeah yeah it's pretty much that simple we were talking about simplicity before and that falls into that category for sure yeah I mean it messes with everything and one thing that's a huge problem that I talk about a lot is menstrual periods and if you have period issues if you're missing a period if it's irregular if it's heavy if it's painful um alcohol will cause what alcohol increases your estrogen and it also um kind of fucks with how it's metabolized as well so you're gonna get more of there's different substrates of or metabolites of <laughs> of estrogen Sorry. and you're going to get more of the kind of not favorable kind that are going to cause like breast tenderness and cramps and, um, kind of those adverse things that are fe- that females don't like. So, mm, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually, so when, if you, if you've ever drank alcohol and you go to sleep, like people think alcohol helps you sleep and I'm like, no. Nope. Sorry, Karen. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the main things why I rarely do is because I love sleep so much. I know. Yeah, no, I'm on the same train where if if I have any alcohol, it's got to be earlier in the day or night. Um, 
and I've got to have a couple hours before I go to bed so that it's not interfering with my sleep. Mm-hmm. It actually raises um, your estrogen and estrogen also raises body temperature. So you will get hot at night. And why that's problematic is you, when you sleep, you need a cool environment for you to get into your deepest stages of sleep. So if you're getting warmer because you drank alcohol, your sleep is disrupted. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then it fucks with your blood sugar the next day. Like I, I wore a continuous glucose monitor for a couple of weeks and the days, you know, I had alcohol when I, um, had that on and I can tell you the blood sugar roller coaster the next day was real. Yeah. I do remember you saying that. Yeah. So, um, that's, it's, it's a hard one when you're, you know, getting back to the whole point of surrounding yourself with, with people who are on board with what you're doing. Um, you know, if it's someone that, you know, you're in it with for the long haul, that's, that's hard. Yeah. No, I think just trying to have that open and honest communication, that's critical. Yeah. And I think the simpler that you make it to that individual and not like, oh, well, you know, cause I can say this because I was there, like I have to have a travel food scale and a travel body weight scale and I can't eat here and I can't do that. And I can't mm-hmm. do this. I can't, I can't, I can't like, that's not going to be, that person's going to be annoyed. Yeah. And it's one, it's not sustainable. And I love what you said for, for that your significant other and yourself. It's so important to make sure what you're doing isn't going to like affect your social life or affect your life in general. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, Like you can go out and you can travel and you Mm -hmm. can do the things like you and I were just talking about this too, because you said you had a client who wanted to deep fry things and we were talking about how she might, might log them. Yeah. And, um, I was like, well, if she's in a surplus and it's around the holidays, like maybe this is a really good time to practice like intuitive eating with enjoying yourself. So you're not like, like I was when I would, you know, not be on my macros quote unquote. And I would just eat everything in sight. Mm-hmm. Um, you Absolutely. know, so I think you can go out to dinner and you can, you know, travel and try different foods. Like you don't have to have the whole plate, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think just show explaining that to your significant other and showing them because if they have been with you when you had a phase like almost similar to yours, it's probably going to take time to trust that this time is going to be different. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know how Marcus dealt with me. Um, (laughs) Fucking bless his soul. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's very different now. We're mm-hmm. like, I mean, we don't typically go out to eat a lot, but when we travel, we do, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we still have, we, I mean, I traveled a decent amount this year, you know, I yeah. was, I was in California. I was in Colorado. We went to Moab. We went to Lake Powell. Um, I didn't worry about what I was eating. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I think it's so good. <laughs> so I would say the simpler you keep it with your significant other and the less, you are like militant about it and the more easygoing you are about like, well, why don't we just have a vegetable with dinner tonight? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we could meal like meal prep or like cook a bunch of food to have ready for the week. Don't even call it meal prep, you know, because I think that's like an aversive statement to Mm -hmm. some people. 
the more like neutral language and the way more neutral you can be about it, I think the more apt that person is to have a more positive response to you and not be like, oh, there you go again. You just want to, you can't mm-hmm. fucking do anything. You can't have anything to drink and you can't do this. I mean, I don't know how this, I don't yeah. know, but I'm just hy- hypothesizing. Yeah, no, I think that's all so important. And a little shout out to one of my clients, Jamie. She gave me this this idea. I mean, I've known that if you can incorporate your significant other with like fun things, the more likely they're going to be to do to do it. But she actually, her and her uh, fiance, do like a menu every week and so like cool yeah I was like that's so fun and so I think that's another way that you can get each other involved yeah for sure and grocery shop together I think Mm -hmm. going into other things that um, make health sustainable with we haven't even really talked about exercise we focused a lot on nutrition yeah (laughs) we'll move we'll move we'll move from it yeah um after after this point because I I do have other things well, I think we start to get into it here with like, so getting, making sure you have groceries in the house mm-hmm. that, so you're not, you're less tempted to eat out. Cause you're like, well, fuck, I don't have anything in the house. Uh, disclaimer me right now, because we're in between <laughs> two homes. Um, but we're making it happen. We're still, we're still over here rocking it. I was going to um, say, I see a spaghetti squash behind you, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't cook that stuff. I don't, I don't cook. That is. That's for my uh, man. Aesthetics. Oh, I got you. (laughs) Like, I'm always like, how do I cook the shrimp again? He's like, he's like, how the fuck did you exist before we lived together? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But yes. But so I think going to the grocery store can be a great way to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, making grocery lists together. Like Marcus, I'm really fortunate, but I've also, you know, pr- like I've picked someone who is interested in the same things as me because mm-hmm. those are a lot of non-negotiables for me mm-hmm. is focusing on my health and also um, like putting ourselves first so that we're not cranky. Yeah. Um, which I think a lot of people kind of scoff at, but anyways. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, like make grocery lists together, cook together, or talk about who's going to like, you know, Marcus and I, he's been doing a lot more of it while he's been off from work, but I'm going to have to be picking up that slack <laughs> here because he's starting a business. So really communicating about like, hey, like I'm going to cook this and do this so we have it, or like I'm going to pick this up at the store. Um, I think that that stuff can be really helpful. Yeah. And working out together to bring in exercise yeah. a little bit. Like yeah. have one of you choose a workout or choose movements that you want to do and create the workout together. Now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that can be very difficult for like, it's easy for you and I to say that because of our background with exercise. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying go out and create your own yeah. workouts every day, but it could be yeah. like, a fun one day per week thing to do. Yeah. And with exercise for that was the, it's always been the easiest thing for me. I've never like gone extended amounts of time without exercising. I think the longest break I took was actually after I hiked in Colorado this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just tired. I didn't do anything for a week and that was a long time for me. So it's just something that's been ingrained for me 
but just like anything else, I think, you know, we talked about set your clothes out the night before, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're someone who is working out in the morning, make sure that your alarm is, you know, out of bed. So you're not snoozing and snoozing and, and, and doing that type of thing. And I personally think that the best way for people to be sustainable with their workout habits is to do it in the morning. And, you know, people have kids, they have significant others, they have work obligations. And I think when you come home at the end of the day, it's so much easier to say, well, oh, I need to do laundry. Oh, I need to do this and put things ahead of that. Yeah. So I would really encourage people to as much as possible, you know, work out first thing in the morning, whether you have a job or you're a stay at home parent, um, you know, getting it done first thing in the morning, it's done. And there's it for me, it sets a great tone for my mm-hmm. day. Absolutely. And I think there's life is always happening. You are always going to have something to do in your day. And if you don't, like, that's awesome. But you're always going to find a reason to not do it in the afternoon. So I completely agree. Yeah. And I think when you're starting out a new exercise regimen, the same thing we talked about with nutrition, you know, make a commitment to yourself to work out twice a week for Mm -hmm. a half an hour. If you have never picked up a dumbbell or ran a day in your life, maybe we don't sign up for a half marathon or, you know, an obstacle race. Maybe we sign up for a 5k in six months. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think that that's another way to keep, you know, and we'll get into like motivation and discipline, but it's a good way to keep yourself motivated and disciplined because you're like, well, I have this thing and I mm-hmm. signed up for it and I paid money for it. Um, So I really need to go and do X, Y, and Z. Um, Yeah. That's kind of how I think about that. Same way, same thing with exercise. Do you have other tips for like being consistent with exercise? I don't think so. I think honestly, just making your environment the best that you can towards your goal. Like I have a client that he sets a dumbbell out in his living room so that when he gets home from work, he sees the dumbbell. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to go do the move workout. And um, so just setting small things. Now I don't, I'm not saying you have to put a dumbbell in your living room, but just those little reminders makes, um, makes a big difference. And having accountability, I think is huge. Like I have a good friend that she's told me she's like I have you to hold me accountable like I know you're gonna be like how was that workout and if you don't have that I think it can be more challenging yeah I think accountability buddies are great for anything (laughs) yeah absolutely that's heck I have one for reading a book (laughs) <laughs> like I, I know that sounds so bad again can't believe I just said that out loud <laughs> Derek's gonna be embarrassed <laughs> my face is red but it's fine <laughs> um other things with work I think with working out too finding something that you enjoy is really important yeah I tell my patients this I'm like listen I'm really a fan of weightlifting and the health benefits are incredible so mm-hmm. I really urge you to consider it but if you hate it, you're not going to do it. No, you're going to do it for a week, maybe a month. So whether it is yoga or weightlifting or walking the dog, whatever it is for you. And I think that 
a lot of the times this happens where people get involved in one modality of exercise and they really like it. Mm -hmm. So they start to branch out into other things. I know that that's what happened for me. You know, like I was really just a weight. I lifted weights when I was younger and I played softball and then I ended up getting into CrossFit and running and, um, you know, mountain biking, snowboarding, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be in a conventional gym either. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people get intimidated by that when they're like, I don't want to go into a gym. Like it yeah. freaks me out, you know? So if you're taking walks or getting out in nature, hiking, whatever the case is, if you're moving your body, you're doing something. Yeah. What if I'm going to put you on the spot for a second? <laughs> Jesus. What if someone comes to you and they've tried just about everything and they still they're like nope I don't like it like then what I mean I start to examine that person's attitude Mm -hmm. yeah like I agree are you are you just a cranky Nancy (laughs) you know I mean yeah. Like, yeah. how do you hate everything? Yeah. And then I really start to wonder, like, is your mental health okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, um, I absolutely agree. You know, cause and that's I, weird. I think something that I try to talk about is if that is you, if you're like, I don't like any form of exercise, just start it and you will feel the benefits of it you will feel your endorphins raise you're, you're gonna feel better and so I think that can help increase motivation and increase discipline when you start to feel the results but again you just you have to do it yeah I think Jordan Syed talked about how he will leverage reverse dieting with people by saying don't you want to have more Oreos don't you want to have more of the things that you like <laughs> And I mean, who doesn't want to feel better and Mm -hmm. look better, you know, because no matter what type of exercise you do, if you are, if you are consistent with it, you will reap the aesthetic benefits. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know too many people who work out regularly, who are incredibly overweight Mm -hmm. or, you know, incredibly unhappy with the way that they look or Mm -hmm. things of that nature. So I think if you need to find external motivation in those things, like, think about, you know, your health and how that can go down. You know, if you don't pay attention to it when you're younger, it's going to be a problem when you're older. I have a lot of patients who they'll be like, well, I'm 50. I should start paying attention to my health. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Like mm-hmm. your time frame for like building bone health is gone. Mm-hmm. Like there is nothing I can do for you at this point. And I mean, yeah, we have medications and whatever, but that's a whole other discussion. I'm talking about like, you know, lifting weights, starting at 50. Yeah. Like still do it but you needed to start when you were in your twenties or even younger. Um, and it's, it's, it's a hard, I don't know. Yeah. I lost my, I lost my train of thought. No, I, I was ranting. (laughs) You're fine. I, I agree. (laughs) And I think, you know, focusing on your health instead of either aesthetics or performance and Mm -hmm. really trying to have that long-term gratification. 
um, a lot of people drop out because of the all or nothing. They drop out of, you know, nutrition, exercise, sleep habits, things like that, because they're like, oh, it's just not working. And they're two weeks mm-hmm. in. And I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, Deborah, like it takes a little <laughs> bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's hard in a world that instant gratification is everywhere. You can click a button on Amazon and it shows up at your day or at your house that day or the next day. Like, I think it's extremely hard, but keeping in mind like why you're doing it, that is what is going to keep you disciplined enough to re uh, to feel those results long-term. Yeah. Like you don't want to be 50 or 60 years old and dependent on insulin. Mm -mm. You don't want to be, you know, 40 or 50 years old with erectile dysfunction. Um, you don't, you know, cause bad health causes those things, mm-hmm. um, or contributes to it. Yeah. Um, you know, so thinking about like, what do I want my life to look like when I'm 15, 50 or 60, mm-hmm. you know, and the same goes with the other extreme of like, do you want to be like weighing all your weighing and measuring all your food when you're 60, 60. like what's that going to feel like and look like for you? So, so finding that middle ground of, you know, for me, what I want my life to look like in 10, 15, 20 years is I want to be able to be active and do the things that I want to do. And I don't want to have my life limited by my health or my mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, the more patients I see who have one significant other who is, they're really burdened by them, by caring for them. Like, I don't want to be that burden on Marcus when we're 70 and 80. That is so you true. You know, I mean, it, it, I'm just like, oh my God, I don't, like I, that is another part of like now, like why I do what I do because, and things happen, like people develop freak cancers or get in accidents Mm -hmm. and like, I can't control those things, but what can I control is I can control how I treat my body. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge motivation for me anymore. Cause I see so many people who they are just so overburdened by caring for their husband or wife in their late years. And I do not want to be that for him. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think something that can help is like writing it down, putting it in your notes in your phone somewhere that you can see it consistently can really help just remind yourself. Yeah. And you started to touch on like emotions and marketing and motivation and discipline. And I think this is a huge one. And for people like you and I who preach like, the truth and like not the gimmicks of like eat this 1200 calorie diet or this hcg and take this fat burner Mm -hmm. you know joelle talks about that a lot and jordan syatt and the mind pump guys talk about it um it's it's a hard sell in my office to sit down and talk to a patient and be like this is going to go against everything you've ever heard Mm -hmm. um yeah because it's it's not we're telling them the hard way like yeah. And I don't, yeah, no, I, I think it's really, you just, when you're a coach or, um, like just a PA, you have to just constantly remind them. Yeah. That. Like the, the 30 days to lose 30 pounds and, yeah. you know, the ambient for your sleep mm-hmm. and, you know, even the depression and anxiety medications, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not shaming medications, but 
there's something else that we need to deal with and convincing people to do the work is really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's extremely hard. The benefits and the long-term gratification. I think that someone gets from, you know what? I sat in the shit Mm -hmm. and I fought in the arena for this and I came out better on the other end is so much more gratifying. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can usually help others too when you go through that yeah and I mean I know from me being on the other extreme like I had so many people reach out when I like posted that like my quote-unquote before and after picture from Mm -hmm. like when I was like 120 pounds as opposed to where I am at 135 now and like so many that resonated with so many people so you never know who you're affecting with the choices that you make Mm mm-hmm yeah, and how you live your life and I think that that's super important I think it's also super important to remember that like I don't feel motivated all the time to mm-hmm. eat my vegetables <laughs> and like I did it was it's cold I know I live in Utah and southern Utah <laughs> and it's not listen desert cold sucks okay like it the air is thin here and it is cold in the mornings it's like it's below freezing in the mornings when I run. So I feel like that, that counts cold. for like running in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like sprinkling rain today. Do you think I wanted to go do that? No. I nope. did not. I But you did. <laughs> I did. So I think it's really important when you start out on, you know, a journey to become healthier, whether it's your sleep habits, nutrition, exercise, stress, your relationships, to recognize that, I'm not going to be motivated every day. Mm -hmm. Like anyone who tells you that that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It seriously is. Motivation is an emotion and discipline is an action. Mm -hmm. And you are what you choose to do. So I know that that's probably a little more harsh than you would put it to people. No, I have chills. I love it. But yes, I I mean, we all know I, I don't speak very harshly, but no, I, th- I think it's something people need to hear. Mm-hmm. Like it absolutely yeah, I, is. Yeah. Like I, I have, I've developed discipline. No one gave that to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other thing is when people see people like you and I and look at either the way we look or how we live our lives or the things that we have, it's just assumed that, oh, like that was easy for them mm-hmm. or they are just like that. Mm-hmm. Like I get that a lot. And, um, especially just with, you know, my profession or the things that I'm doing, or even when I was in CrossFit, like, like I was always really good at muscle ups, like ring muscle ups. And people would be like, Oh, well, it's just because you're like, you're a light body weight. And I'm like, no, it's because I worked at it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that going into any type of journey or goal, (laughs) with the understanding that not every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows is really important. Yeah. And coming up with a game plan, especially at the beginning. Like if you, I have my clients and their journal prompts do this. I think it was two weeks ago. Like what is your goal or what is the habit you're trying to implement? And then come up with like an if then statement, if this happens, then I'm going to do this. And I think it's so important. And then make up another one. Like, and then if this happens, then I'm going to still do this. 
And so setting yourself up, preparing for things to not go as planned, for you not to feel motivated, what can you do then? Yeah, that's super important. I really like that because I think a lot of people also put off starting and air mm-hmm. quotes starting anything because they're like, oh, I'm just going to wait for life to settle down. I'm like, cool, mm. Susan, you've got like five kids, you work, you have a husband. <laughs> yeah. Like when do you think that shit's going to be calm? Yeah, yeah. Like that's, in 18 years when the last one goes to college. That's so true. That's I was hearing. I think Joelle talked about it on her story a few weeks ago, but why how people always say, well, I'm going to start after the holidays when yeah. in reality, what if you started right now? We can help you develop those habits and then think about next year at the holidays. You aren't going to be stressed and you're going to feel 10 times further towards your goals than you do right now. Yeah, I I think that those two things with planning for roadblocks and also just really sitting down and looking at like what's going to be difficult about this. Mm-hmm. What like really taking an honest look about okay, I, like you and I are both doing the character mile right now and um it's running at least 1 mile. It's running 1 mile per day. I've been running more because I'm training for something, <laughs> but um, running one mile a day for the month of December. Mm-hmm. And I am not big on the all or nothing things. It, But, you know, I even thought about, I'm like, oh God, what if my alarm doesn't go off in the morning? I'm going to have to run at night. Mm-hmm. And Gam Gam likes to be in bed at like 8.30. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Gammy over here does not like to do shit besides walk the dogs when I get home you that Gram Gram. <laughs> Cam cam like a hundred percent. That's awesome. And, um, you know, so I thought about that. I'm like, can I really do this? And mm-hmm. it's been really, it's been really great. Like I love the whole concept that Scott McGee came up with for that of like health is wealth and movement is a gift because mm-hmm. it's so true. And I think that that can, as far as exercise go, like, let that be a motivator. Like there are people who aren't able to do the things that you and I are able to do or other people with two arms and two legs or, you know, whatever the case is. Um, Like, I just think that being able to do the things I am able to do is such a gift and I don't take that for granted. So, um, you know, if that isn't a motivator and we have a, I have a visitor currently where my Porter colleague <laughs> is like play ball. on my lap. He wants to play ball very badly. Here you go, bud. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I completely agree. I think, I mean, I won't lie. There's been probably three times so far where I've had a run in the afternoon. Like I've showered, I've worked out oh. and I don't want to do it. But I think exactly what you said. Movement is a gift. There's some people, and I've been in the spot where I haven't been able to physically run because of my back. And it is an awful feeling when you Mm -hmm. cannot physically do something. So now it's like, no, I get to run this mile. Am I going to run it at an 1130 or 12 minute pace? Yeah, but who cares? (laughs) Like I'm going to run right along the side coda and... I get to do it. So I think trying to remind yourself of you, you get to do something is so important. I think that mindset point is really important. Like how you talk to yourself about these things. Mm -hmm. I think we touched on a little bit earlier, but 
how you said like I get to do this not I have to or oh I you know that makes a huge difference in your approach to it and your likelihood to complete that task or that thing for the day yeah and I think I'm I'm not like that all the time like I will fully admit that so I think just the more you're aware of it the more you can implement it And so just being aware of when do you say, ugh, I have to do this? And is there a time that you can say, oh, I get to do this, but you have to be aware of it? Yeah, for sure. Um, Trying to think what else we haven't really touched on. I know. I feel like we've touched on quite a bit. A lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think like focusing on the little things is important too. like sleep is not a little thing, but I think a lot of people neglect that. Oh yeah. Um, Screen time, things like that. I think setting reminders on your phone is also a really great tool for anything, just whether it's to drink water or meditate or take a deep breath. Um, yeah. You know, use your electro- electronic device to your advantage. <laughs> yeah, I think setting reminders. I love that one. I did a post this past week on like setting the goal to do it for two minutes. And I got that from James Clear with Atomic Habits. Like, and yeah. I'll use stretching for an example because that's what I do. But if there's something that you're really struggling on implementing, but you want to do it, you know, it'll benefit mm-hmm. you. Say you're going to do it for two minutes. We talked about this with reading for you. Read one page. Yep. You're yep. Mo- like most likely, do I stretch for like eight to 10 minutes every day? Yeah. Because like once I'm started, I know it's just easier mm-hmm. to do. I do two minutes the right side, two minutes the left side, and then I end up doing another stretch. And it's, can you think about, can you make an excuse that you cannot do something for two minutes. If you literally say that you can, then God bless you, your life has to be extremely busy. But like, let's be honest, <laughs> you can find, you cannot be on Instagram for two minutes and you can do that goal. Yeah. So it's much easier to start something when you put that two minute goal versus, oh man, I need to work out for 30 minutes. I need to stretch for 30 minutes type thing. Yeah. And I, I think also focusing on the outcome of that, like I recently also started stretching 10 minutes in the morning. I started this probably like four to six weeks ago mm-hmm. and I started going to yoga twice a week. I've been having a lot, like a lot of back issues, um, just pain. And I've, I've talked about it before, but I, Marcus had said, he looked up some stuff about like veterans who came back, who did yoga for six months for their for their back pain. Okay. And he's, he said it was super helpful. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I'm not really looking to spend an extra $70 right now on a yoga membership. (laughs) And granted I could do it my home. Like if it money is really a barrier for you, like I could be doing it my home, but I'm snobby and I like the heated room. And sometimes having that monetary incentive you need, like for me, so like, I know if I paid for it, I would do it. Yeah. But I don't. (laughs) Yeah. But for me, it was, there's no way I'm going to go to yoga seven days a week. Mm -hmm. 
I like yoga, but I like the slower flow yoga and they don't have, and meditative and they don't have that many classes. And also I still want to lift weights and run. So like, what was a, re- I looked at it and I said, what is a realistic commitment that I can make here? Mm-hmm. Um, and everything just surrounding, like improving my back pain, like, okay, I can probably get a massage once a month. Like I can, I can make that work. I can give up, you know, some other financial thing, um, you know, for the next six months and really, really do that and do yoga twice a week and stretch 10 minutes in the morning. And I, the past week have been able to bend over and pet the dogs when I come home without pain. And it sounds like such a simple thing, but every morning when I, or every night when I would get home, I would be like, I just want to play with my puppies. And like, even just brushing Leo and like turning him, like I couldn't do that without pain. Yeah. So the end result of hopefully improving my back pain was a huge motivator for me because that back pain sucked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people can relate to that just from sitting all day. And um, yeah. yeah, I think for me, like side note, I think I've had some really tight hip flexors because oh, a lot same. of stuff I do is very, and I stand at work, Ash. I don't, I have a standing, standing desk and I don't sit. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I know my hip flexors. They've always been tight from just being overactive with diving and gymnastics. Yeah, but. I don't know what has done it for me, but I can tell, like, I can bend over and my hands go flat on the floor, and I don't know that that's ever happened in my life. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and flexibility is really important to longe- longevity and health. Like, it's one of the first things to go, and it's, like, the last thing people work on. Mm-hmm. And... I've really been getting a lot of benefit out of it. So I feel like if there is something that you have an end goal, whether you want to lose weight or time out, are you seeing this yeah. with this ball in his mouth? I can't oh, yeah. even handle him. Just staring at you. <laughs> you are such a, you are such a turd. Oh my God. <laughs> he was taking up the whole screen. It was distracting. <laughs> But having a long-term outcome that's really important to you and that means something to you, like for me to be able to like bend over and get the dog bowls or pet the dogs was a huge motivator for me. And I know that sounds crazy to pe- probably to people out there, um, but I did not want to bend over in pain for the rest of my life to pet my dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I think finding, again, it comes back down to like, that why or that motivation that can keep you going yeah 100 percent um anything else you thought of that's important to note I don't think so I feel like we went through a lot a lot if of anybody like... oh go ahead if anybody sent me questions um Instagram changed their thing where it didn't keep them around like it used to for me so I was like, oh, I'll just look at the box before Ashley and I podcast. And so I'm sorry that if I didn't, because I know there there were there were questions and I only remembered like the one about the significant other. Um, yeah, let, let us me, know because we can do posts ch- about it. Yeah, let me just check real quick before we sign off. Um, no, I didn't get anything else. We just put them up. So yeah, I was going to check mine. We did not either. Bummer. Sorry, guys. I know that we all, that we got stuff and sorry that we didn't get to it. Hopefully this was helpful for people though. Yeah. Um, what are you doing with the rest of your day? 
honestly, probably cleaning, grocery shopping, and I we do want to make gingerbread houses or decorate gingerbread houses later when Derek gets home from work. <laughs> Jesus. What about you? Um, well, we are between two houses, as I said earlier. So Marcus is overworking on the house that we just bought, which... I have to give him the biggest shout out in the world because he's been working tirelessly on this house for the past two weeks, painting it, installing floors, baseboards. Like he did ever, like I picked out all the colors and everything. And he basically just let me paint by number and just did it. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm so I, excited for you guys. I know it's, you know, I'm more excited now than like when we closed, Yeah, I think because I'm realizing that like, I'm not going to have to move for a really long time. (laughs) I literally, oh, I can't wait. That's so exciting. It's it's exciting. And I mean, for everybody out there too, I think everybody gets caught up in like, oh, I should do this by this age and should do this by whatever. Like I am 36. My boyfriend is 37. This is our first home Mm -hmm. like that we are purchasing. There is no... fuck lifetime lines. Can I just say that? Like, (laughs) yeah, I, I just, it, you know, so, and, and we've had great lives up until now. So Mm -hmm. it's not like our lives were unfulfilled because we weren't homeowners or some like bullshit like that. Um, (laughs) yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think that's super exciting. Yeah. The timing just wasn't right before. And, you know, I think a lot of people try to force a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, to fit into boxes. And I, if it is one thing I can say for myself, I've never tried to cram into any freaking box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. No, I think that's really good. Yeah. So that's cool. So, um, as soon as we get off here, I'm gonna, we, we have no food in our current rental, which is where I am right now. Um, so we're probably not going to be moving until next weekend. And I'm like, okay, I'm down to like one bell pepper and like half a thing of blueberries and, Uh, this isn't going to go well for the next week. So um, grocery store for me too. And then I'm going to head over and help. I'm going to like cut up all the carpet because we ripped out all the carpet and Mm -hmm. we're trying to like put it between our two trash cans. So we don't have to pay to have somebody come and pick it up because we're cheap like that. Nice. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to be cutting up garbage and kind of just trying to clean up from all of the mess that he has made, but (laughs) reasonably so like I'm not complaining about it at all um he has done in the past in the past two months he has done like developed all of his programming for his new business um he has done like developed his website on his own he you know signing the lease getting all of his equipment like he's done all of that and we bought a house and he's renovating it so yeah he he is like he's done so much and I'm so thankful I need to do something really nice for him I haven't decided what it is yet but now I have to yeah I think he wants one so our acupuncturist who's one of my good friends has one of those um like massage guns oh yeah which I know which I know are like limited in their benefits um but he says it feels really good for him I love it I love ours um so I you have one yeah we have like the I think it's the Theragun Okay, I think that's the one Janine has too. It was like a hundred bucks. I can't remember. No, I think we might have the Hypervolt. I think it's whatever the really expensive one is because we got it from a discount at our old gym. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do do you guys like it? Yeah, I love it because you can 
It's just easier than like foam rolling and you're sitting on the couch and can do it. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm gonna get him one of those and I'll use it too, but I think he's had some like back and leg issues and he said that was that was helpful, so. Yeah. Um, no, I yeah. like that. Okay. Perfect. So, uh, final words for the people? Um, let's see. Don't do everything at once. Just make things small, yeah. manageable, attainable, and just do them consistently. Yeah. I could not agree more. I think with anything in your life that you're trying to do, small, manageable chunks, people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, perfect. Right. Until, until next week, keep it strong and unfiltered. See ya. Bye, everyone. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we cannot thank you enough. We could not do this without you. So if you enjoy what you hear, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment in there as well. Or if you listen on Spotify, just continue to subscribe and check this thing out each and every week. This is how we reach more people and change more lives. So again, we cannot thank you enough. Also, if you don't follow Danielle, if you're not subscribed to the Strong and Unfiltered podcast, make sure you head over there, hit that subscribe button, tune in each and every week to get the value that she is delivering you guys as well. And of course, if you don't follow us on all of our other platforms, what the hell are you waiting for? Get on there, follow us on TikTok, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I mean, we have a Twitter, but I don't think we've tweeted in like over eight months, so probably skip out on that one. But get out there, start consuming more of our information. Our goal is to help you in any way, shape, and form possible and move you towards your health and fitness goals. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next week.